morning. God's peace. That's uh maybe hard for me to say this, but it it is I mean, maybe not too hard, but it is good to good to be here. I guess I say and it's hard little hard to say that because this isn't a I don't want to say some place I, I don't want to be but it's not the most comfortable physically I suppose it's naturally speaking it's not the most comfortable place to be but these past few two or so weeks because of this weather and haven't been able to be be here or gather here it seems like a bit of a drought and and I hope that the the weather didn't stop any of any of you from being able to to listen or or to gather around God's word in what other way whatever other way and if it if it did, that's no uh, that's no huge huge fault. It's easy for us to let these things go, and I'm I'm happy that we were able to listen in on some sermons other other in other places at other churches. We sometimes if we have to stay at home, we'll just listen to something from <coughs> from Hawkinson in the past and but even then it's easy to kind of let these things let these things go and let ourselves be back into the world and, and to uh, not eat it, it's nice to have I don't want to say it like this but just the way that I the way that I work it out in my brain that it's nice to have have church on Sunday and be forced, I guess, not forced, but you know, I hope you know and understand how I how I mean it. But to be forced to be around this word and to have that that be compelled to come here, it's a good thing to gather around God's word. And so I say it again that it, as uncomfortable it is to be here in this spot it's good to be here gather around God's word faith faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God so I ask for your prayers this morning that that word would be opened as Shane already prayed that we would all be given more more food to to feed this spiritual portion and to feed that faith I'll read this morning from the 8th chapter of 2nd Corinthians and I may read from another portion as well
and I see that they're tied together, but I'll, at the same time I don't. Sometimes I confuse myself, maybe, but I'll read from the Second Corinthians, chapter eight, from the first verse down to the ninth verse. Reading in Jesus' name. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and in and utterance, and knowledge and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by the occasion of, of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be multiplied to each one here today, now and forever. Amen. I was reading this this chapter and it, I just kind of, or this, this eighth chapter, just kind of going through read and I, I first came on this and I think it is by, by God's grace and God's direction that these things happen sometimes I think all the time actually if it's the, if the truth is being spoken it is by God's grace that we are directed in, in the way that he wants us to go and he'll show and he'll reveal these words unto us but it was actually something in a sermon I heard from a couple weeks ago, as we, as I said, we were listening to someone else. We were listening to an old sermon of Paul Matson's, and I don't know where he was, where he read it from. And I don't know if he quoting somewhere else, or he might have been quoting scripture, and I missed that part. But it is scriptural, so I don't know that it's uh, anybody other than God needs credit. But he said something that really struck me. And what it was is that how what a there is no more gracious place or gracious thing God can do for us 
and it seems hard hard to hear hard to hear it this way and it seems odd but it is by God's infinite grace and infinite love for us that he brings us to a place where we have absolutely no hope because that same place is the place that it brings us to to a realization that we need a savior And to this, this flesh and to this man, as we each all know, that is the truth. To an unbeliever, that is something that does not make sense. It does not, it does not add up. But to this flesh, we know that there is no better place to be than to be without hope. Because that is where God brings us. He brings us down there. Or allows us to realize how hopeless we are. He not, I don't know if that he brings us down there. This sin and this, this world will bring us to that place. But God is the one that reveals to us that we have no hope. And he shows us that light. He shows us that way. He will show us that there is hope. And I've said before how, how sad it is, how many there are that think that they and it's it's easy for us as well I'll just say over the last couple of weeks when it's easy to be away from God's word and easy to think that well at least I'm, I'm carrying on life and it's easy to just not think about these things when we're consumed with whatever things we have going on in our life even that song we sang, how beautiful it is to hear and to be a, a, a constant reminder, I hope for each of us, that this world is not our home. How much we, how much I, in, in my young life, and, and all the others who are young here, and not, not that the old, older ones don't still deal with things, but how much we think about how are we going to get set up for life, and how are we, how is our career going, and where are we? Financially, and are we are we concentrating enough on on these things that we're going to be secure and 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 make a good natural life here for us? What a good reminder it is to know that this world is not our home, and not to neglect those things of this world. There are bills to pay. And there are things that we have to take care of. We can't just lay out, lay out in the in the field on a day like this and place it on God. That's, that's tempting God, as even as the as Satan tempted Jesus, that he would just do whatever foolish thing and, and let God take care of it because God said He would, and God does take care of us. But we can't just lay ourselves out in the middle of the field right now and just assume that God will keep us alive. That's a foolish thing to do when we know it. We have to take care of these natural things. But it's easy to think on satisfying that excess as well. To think about, how well, I have... I have 
sort of what I need right now, but how can I get more? In the end, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if, if we have negative $20 in the bank or $20 million. At the end, it's, it's, this world is not our home and what we have done. And even if we come by $20 million honestly and, and by our hard work, and to follow all of all of God's commandments, it still doesn't mean anything. But back to the, this this portion here. As I was saying, I I just I won't say the the exact first place I, I stopped on, but I just kind of came into Corinthians and flipped through a couple chapters and I came on this this portion here these first nine verses and as it is with God's word we could always read much before and much after and it wouldn't wouldn't hurt but it seemed to say that that same sentiment this sort of uh, uh, contradiction to this flesh is, is to say that the, the best place to be is to be in a place of hopeless, hopelessness that we might see that we are in need of a savior and then to read those verses that verse there, the second verse and yes this is talking about the, the church of Macedonia Paul's letter to the Corinthians but it says here how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality and I, I, I admit some of this chapter in the exact context of the letter to the Macedonians, I, I, I admit I do not know if I totally understand what is actually being said to who here or, or what, but I, God's word is that way, that it is not a, a, a one-time deal, it's not a one-time thing, it is a, a meaning here and a, a message, God's word is unchanging, it, a message here to us as well. That in a great how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. It is only in that low place, and I suppose we can say that for ourselves. What a gracious, what a beautiful place that is to be. And I mean, it's a, it's a hard place, but it's it's the only place we can be where we can see that we are in need of a savior. That deep poverty, that realization that there is nothing in us or nothing of our own our own flesh and our own will or our own power that we can bring ourselves up out of that place realization that we are totally 
totally unacceptable in the sight of God without Jesus Christ's blood covering those sins. And it's not even just a covering of those sins. It's an entire getting rid of those sins. God doesn't doesn't keep a record and, and, and put them in the back of the book of His record of, of what we have done in our life. When Christ's blood has covered us, God completely gets rid of those sins. We know in our life how hard it is. We know how how we are taught to forgive and forget. But for this flesh, it is so hard to do both of those things. We say that we forgive, and I'm not saying that that we don't or or you don't or or haven't done this. By God's grace, you can. And I'm sure it has been done. But I know for myself how hard it is. We can say that we forgive somebody. But it is so hard to forget it. And I don't know if we can actually say that there was forgiveness if we don't forget it. I don't think you can have one without the other and for it to be full. God does it that way. (coughs) Through Jesus Christ, when God forgives, He forgets. It says that He puts those sins (coughs) as far as the east is from the west impossible distance to reach it's it's never there they're entirely gone he does not hold on to them for to their power I bear record yea and beyond their power they were willing of themselves praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we hoped, but first first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Those fourth and fifth verses. Praying that we would receive the gift take on that fellowship of the ministering to the saints we have received that gift if God has brought you to that place that you know that you are nothing without Christ that gift is yours that is the truth that is the truth that each of us must know if we are to enter heaven's gates And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord, and unto us by the will of God. That is such a hard thing to do. 
to give ourselves fully to God. It is easy in that place of, of loneliness when we when we are in that time when we know that we're there we are nothing and that we are know that we are are have not satisfied any point of, of God's law or God's commandments. And we know that we are we are unacceptable in God's in God's eye. And then Jesus is shown to us and we are given that Savior and we are given that way out. It seems easy in that point, in that time, that yes, yes, dear Father, I am I am your child. It seems easy when we are being pulled out of that spot, given that hand and being pulled out to say, yes, do it do what you want with my life. Thy will be done, dear Father. You're the only reason I'm able to get out of this hole. Because the word says that in that song, Thou art the potter, and we are the clay. It's easy to want to be molded in that spot. It's easy to want to say that we are fully God's and we have given our life to God and we are His to do with what He will and to put us where we need to be and to show us what needs to be shown. But it is hard once we are out and we were put on solid ground again. To want to stay there and to think Yes, thy will be done. It's easy to say, well, yes, thy will be done in these parts, and this other part I might be able to handle on my own. At least that's how I, how it works out in my mind, in hindsight, not in the time. In the time, I don't even think about it. In the time, it's just my own, my own strength and my own flesh working through it. But afterwards, I realize how how foolish in the hardness of my heart it is the sin this sin in me that brings me to that place that I am that I put off God for that time so kind of think that like well I, I got this I can I can deal with this and I can handle this and I don't really need don't really need God right now Pray for that grace each day. When we, if you, if you pray each day, and, and to pray that Lord's prayer, what a beautiful prayer it is. And I think of that thing, that verse. I can't. I won't try to look for it right away, but it says that if you receive not, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know the exact wording but if we do not receive what we ask for it's because we ask amiss and to think of that Lord's prayer if we are able to pray that to especially I mean not especially and pick apart and say that I mean it's the most perfect prayer 
but to not just idly say it, but to know and believe and have the faith to believe that you would, when you are praying, that thy will be done, that you are truly praying that. And we think of, of Christ even in the garden and all the power and we know that song that he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and to bring him to safety and we think of Christ praying there and how foolish I, I feel and, and almost ashamed how many times things in my life probably because I don't remember the, that, the words of that song and the words of scripture that this world is not our home but even I and almost it seems like I said almost ashamed to say some of these things in my life that seem hard and I say I I don't know, I don't think I've ever actually said the exact words Christ says, but that, that this cup would be passed from me. That I would not have to deal with this thing. Take this thing away from me, and I, I, you almost make these, these little promises. I, I know I do, and I know this flesh is that way. And we've heard many stories, and maybe it is for your own self. But in those times you say, well, take this thing away from me. Take this hard hard matter and hard deal that I have to have. Take it away and I'll, I'll try to be a little bit better once I'm out of it. We know those things don't work. This flesh is unable to do that. We are not able to make those promises. But we think of Christ praying those words. that if that cup was able to be taken away from him, that it would be that way. And how much it shows us how much we need to pray this, those words when even our Lord and Savior, our King and our Creator, Jesus Christ, even has to pray them himself, pray those words himself. In the garden there, he said, even though, even so, thy will be done. What a humbling thing that is to know. As I said, Christ, and we know who he is. By faith, we know who he is. That even Christ has to pray that thy will be done. What a lesson that is for us that we would never think that we do not have to pray those words. Thy will be done, Lord, and not not my will. In so much that we desired Titus that as he had begun he would also finish you in the same grace also. 
Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. My Bible has this word here. Sometimes I don't know how they come on these, but that same grace or that same gift and we know that that's what it is it's a gift from God I speak not by commandment by the occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich Again, it brings me to thinking about that Jesus, about Jesus in the garden. That poorness that we feel, that poverty that we endure. That brings us to God, and to brings us to knowing that God is is the only way out of a situation. That God is the way to redemption. And we think about Christ in the garden there, that he, for your sakes He became poor. two-sided thing here thinking about that because there is this natural shame natural shame for a spiritual thing that we don't fully understand our sin that was laid on Christ and we feel this natural shame in it or I do anyway but oh I wish I hadn't done those things I wish I hadn't had to make Jesus go through what he went through something that we are ashamed of and yet so thankful for how glad we can be like we say I I mean I, I pause because my flesh struggles with saying it even though I know it's true how glad I am that Jesus did what he did and suffered what he suffered not because I want him to suffer, but because his blood was the only blood that would save each of us. Because there is not a single other person, single other being ever, who would have been able to do what Jesus did. not have been able 
to gain that reward on our own. Without Christ, we would have to pay for those sins on our own. Without Christ, in, in one sense, it's a scary thing to think about, but it's not a, a thing that we as Christians need to fear. And we pray that it is not a thing that unbelievers fear either. That because if Christ hadn't done that, we would have to pay for those sins ourselves and there would be no raising up of our body. Those sins we would have to pay for once and for eternity. But I say it's not a thing that I hope unbelievers have to fear either. I hope they come to the realization that that is the case. I pray that they know the truth, that if they do not come to Christ and they do not know that their sins are forgiven through only through Jesus Christ and shed blood, that they will not merit that reward of heaven. I pray that they will come to realize that, but I pray that they do not come to God through fear. I pray that they come to God through the knowledge of what Jesus Christ has done for us and their need to repent of those things. Their need to realize that they are unable to gain that reward any other way. And we think so often, or I do anyway, that why couldn't God just come here and just tell everybody, well, well, this is what's going to happen. If you don't believe in me, and it's so, it's so crazy to me in one sense, because we know that this could happen in the next five minutes. The entire world would believe in the next five minutes if God had it, that if that was his will. He could show every person here on earth right now just like that tell every one of them you will have to live through eternity in hell I don't even know what to say live you will have to die eternally in hell if you do not believe in me and that is something he could do but that is not what he wants to do he wants those to come to him and to realize, even here, the, the chapter before, I quote this many times. In the seventh chapter, it says, "Therefore, godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to repent to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death." pray that each of those unbelievers and even for ourselves for that godly sorrow
that godly sorrow that worketh repentance to salvation. And I think about what I was first saying here that how what a place that is to be a gracious and a place where God is showing his love where we are completely hopeless and helpless without Christ. And on one hand it seems that's not a good that's not a nice place to be. be thankful if God puts you there. And it's almost an ashamed, a shameful thing and you don't want to, it seems to, it can be wearing on this flesh and this natural understanding when we are put in that place. And it seems how often I am put in that place. And it may seem that way for you as well. Like, well, how many times do I have to go through this how many times do I have to deal with this same sin? And you feel so so bad, and I feel so so horrible and so unworthy. And how many times am I brought back to this place? And you feel even on this natural side this shame and, and embarrassment almost. can be thankful when we are brought there again I guess it is our sin that brings us there but we are thankful we can be thankful when God reveals to us where we are don't be ashamed how many times God brings you there don't be ashamed how many times God shows you how, how helpless and hopeless you are be thankful that God has the love and grace to not leave you there in that helpless and hopeless state. Be thankful how many times. And we know we know how many times that is. We wish that we could go through this as is said in the seventh chapter, through that godly sorrow that worketh repentance. How much we we think and hope that wish that we'd only have to do that one time. That we would only have to do that one time when we come into faith. But it isn't that way. Be thankful how many times God works that sorrow in us and, and shows us that the only place to look is to look up. To look up into, up into the arms of Jesus and that's where our, our salvation is. And that's where our hope is. love is, is unending and we the, well, the exact wording again I don't know if it's, it's charity or, or grace or love the word that it uses but how long suffering God is God does not operate like we operate. If we think of how long suffering we are, it doesn't go very far. 
maybe some more than others. I know for myself it's not very far at all. I know for myself if somebody wrongs me, maybe in time I can work out some sort of level of forgiveness. Then it seems like it happens again and then I get to a point where I'm like, well, forget it. I don't have time, I don't have patience. That's the way that person's gonna be. I don't know. I don't really care. I don't want to deal with it. Don't care. God doesn't operate like that. God's long suffering is eternal. He has no shortage of love and grace and mercy. a good reminder for us to look at the example Jesus Christ gives to us. If you're anything like me, then that forgiveness and that forgetfulness of somebody's sin towards us is short. Look to Christ and look at your relationship with Christ in that regard. How many times I've come to Christ, come to God, or been revealed before God and shown shown in my sin that I'm here again. I'm in this exact same thing again. I've committed the exact same sin thousands of times towards God. What does God do? He doesn't say, well, forget it, Claire, I've had enough. I don't really care anymore. I can't deal with it. Seems like it's over and over and over again. Seems pretty clear that you don't want to change. Why should I keep forgiving? God doesn't deal in that manner. We have come to to faith by the grace of God. And we come before Him in that manner looking for forgiveness. Crying to God that He would look on us again. God doesn't see Claire who for the Ten thousandth time has come to him with that same sin. He sees his child. He sees a child covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Made totally perfect and blameless. What a hard thing to understand. I don't need to, I don't know that I need to understand it. I didn't know that God is love. And I pray that each of us here will never forget that.
when we are in that place. Don't think. God doesn't want you to come to Him. Remember, remember only that God is love. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shall we close with the benediction? May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
also, I wonder if this is